Welcome to Hunting for Nova Sparkus by Coho Creative. I know, I know, your first question is, and rightly so, what in the world is the Nova Sparkus? Well, we're glad you asked. One of our key brand values at Coho is curiosity. And for us, Dr. Seuss is the embodiment of this value. He once said, fantasy is a necessary ingredient in living. And so, trusting in that wise counsel, we've decided that the term Nova Sparkus is a wonderfully creative, unique, and memorable symbol of our mission to spark new thinking. And new thinking is pretty rare. So rare, in fact, that most organizations have significant difficulty generating, identifying, and capturing it, let alone engaging it to drive change. But make no mistake, silly name or not, the Nova Sparkus is absolutely critical to success. Finding it and putting it to use is where we come in. In every episode of this podcast, we will be hunting for Nova Sparkus through yet another lens, trends, strategy, innovation, consumer understanding, and more. We'll be beating the bushes, tracking the signs, and reading the landscape to find precious new thinking that puts you in front of change, in touch with your consumer, and ahead of the competition. So join us now, because as our good doctor says, you have brains in your head, you have feet in your shoes, you can steer yourself in any direction you choose. So let's go in search of the Nova Sparkus. Today's episode is part one of a series entitled Alternative Means of Food Production and Consumption. My name is Ellen Craven, and I lead strategy, insights, and innovation at Coho Creative, and I will be your guide today. At Coho, we work with many food and beverage companies, so we are continually sensing what is happening in the world to ensure we know how these insights will impact these industries positively or negatively. This helps us better advise and deliver innovation for our clients. Today, I have asked Lane Rumke, one of Coho's brand strategists and trend experts, to talk to us about several trends she has been tracking and why we think these are important to watch as they will be impacting the food and beverage industry long term. Welcome, Lane. Hi, everyone. So, Lane, um, you know, Coho has an approach to trends that um, I think is a little unique to what other agencies are doing. So if you could actually start by just explaining um, how we approach trends at Coho. Yeah, of course. So starting off with what a trend is, a trend is a change from one idea to another over time. And these changes occur when an external shift happens and when an external shift requires a fresh look at how needs are currently being served. So an easy way to identify shifts is to look in five specific areas, and that would be social, technology, politics, the environment, and economics. So those are really big, big, cumbersome. Um, Are there different types of shifts? Are there smaller shifts? Yeah. So those big cumbersome shifts are called global shifts. And those shifts are really slow to occur. They happen at a larger scale and are longer lasting. Um, An example of this happening today would be climate change. And then kind of smaller shifts that are easier to wrap your mind around would be micro shifts. And those micro shifts happen underneath global shifts, but they happen in specific categories for shorter periods of time. Um, So an example of this, of a micro shift that would lie under climate change would be water scarcity having an impact on the crop yield. Cool. So, um, you know, let's talk about then how Coho or a lot of times you are actually identifying a trend. 
Yeah. So I start by searching for manifestations um, that can be online, that can be in the world. And then once I found these manifestations, I start to um, find patterns and commonalities between them and then level those up to different subtrends and trends. Um, and so then once I've identified the trends, Coho has a process called translation. And so we use this process because once you recognize trends, um, not every trend is going to be applicable to every category or every client. So we use translation to then filter down the trends to what's relevant for each category. So an outcome of a translation process would be that we would have implications of whatever trend we're talking about for a particular um, categories. And we often create a list of innovation thought starters. In addition to this list, we also typically serve up how the trends are going to come to life visually. So this is done through a lot of mood imagery. Um, we talk about analogous brands and then also some verbal design characteristics. So um, let's talk about what we are going to cover today. Um, you know, now that we kind of have taken a step back and looked at how you've come up with these trends, let's talk about more specifically what those trends are. Yeah. So in our hunt for the Novosparkus today, we're going to be covering three subtrends that we have identified and all how all three of these subtrends impact the food and the beverage industries. Um, and then we're going to take those subtrends through our translation process for you all. After I review each of these subtrends, um, we will then be speaking to some thought leaders in our very own backyard here in Cincinnati. And these uh, representatives from these Cincinnati organizations are going to be acting as our manifestations of these subtrends today so we can see how they're coming to life right by us. And then we'll discuss what they're doing and what they think is going to happen in the future. Sounds fruitful. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. The first subtrend we will be talking about today is this confusion and distrust that a lot of people are feeling towards what's being referred to as big food. And an example of this is that in May 2019, it was found that 40% of U.S. adults worry they will develop a serious illness because of an unhealthy diet. And one in five are afraid of an untimely death because of this very same reason. This uncertainty with our relationship with food um, is really sad, and it most likely has stemmed out of a food system that is solely focused on economic growth. So this this is pointing a finger at big food versus people taking responsibility for their own choices. It is, and also the fact that big food has been focused on um, their profit and less on the importance of food education and healthy ah. education, and so people even if they're trying to take responsibility, aren't sure on how they should Got should it. or can take responsibility. Got it. So what's your next one? My next subtrend for today um, is another movement that's really having a huge impact on our methods of food production. And that is our growing human population in relation to the amount of resources we have here on Earth today. So according to the UN, our population is going to reach 9.7 billion Yee, by 2050. That's too many. That is a lot. <laughs> Um, so there's already a lot of people to feed, but then taking into account the uncertainty of our changing climate, we can assume that drastic changes are going to need to be made in our food production and consumption in order for everyone to be able to be fed. Wow. Um, that's kind of a reality check, right? It is. Uh, but it's, but you know, it also is a good opportunity, you know, from a large scale and a small scale yeah. of things that could happen and, and be done to, to really, um, try and correct that. Yeah, lots of room for innovation. 
kind of directly piggybacking off of that idea of overpopulation, um, one area that this overcrowdedness has become really obvious is in our urban areas. So the U.S. urban population grew between 2000 and 2010 by 12.1%, which is a lot, and it's continued to grow since. What what is actually considered um, urban? Just inner city or... So if I had to guess, I would say... um, kind of the downtown city area we all think about when we think of urban areas and then also surrounding um, neighborhoods around cities. So like kind of the the highway perimeter or, okay. Yes. Okay, great. So in response to this overcrowding in the urban areas, there has been a movement from younger people to either move out or remain in the Great Plains area. And this is just a specific area that this is happening at a larger scale, but we believe that... um, Younger generations are going to continue to want to embrace this agricultural lifestyle and start to populate rural areas more. And we think that this is a really large opportunity for the food industry to make a lot of innovation um, in order to accommodate people in these areas. So then just to wrap it all up, um, we believe that through a localized approach to food production, we will not only be able to build connection and community, but also we will be benefiting our climate. Um, And this is already happening in some respects, but through further tech advancements and innovative thinking, we think that we will be able to grow food for local populations without having to worry about climate or land resources. We will be talking in upcoming episodes to different experts within the food category to hear their take on these trends and learn more about their work. Stay tuned. If hunting for Nova Spark has tapped into your curiosity or sparked any new thinking, Check us out and get in touch with us at cohocreative.com. We would love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Coho Creative. 